Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the macaroni to his cheese, Michael Howard. I'm just going to smother you with kindness and love, mud. Eh, bud. I meant bud, <laughs> and I said mud because you're my Michael bud. <laughs> you're just my Michael bud. So you just, I just bring the, 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 the clean macaroni. Yeah. And I hang out, and then you just come and throw your cheese all up on me. Oh, I'm just going to sh- shoot cheese everywhere. Um, I'm gonna, To cover up what I just said real quick, um, I have to say, Michael, you know I watched the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's – normally I don't notice these people in, like, in my real lifetimes, um, but there – I've had such an intrusion – from the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, which I no longer watch religiously, um, <laughs> into my normal everyday life. And it's Jordan Rogers and his, uh, I think, wife. I don't know if they got married. JoJo. Jordan Rogers is the Aaron Rogers brother, right? Yeah. They don't talk, though. They're estranged. Oh. I know that because of The Bachelor. Uh, at, um, but apparently Jordan Rogers, he's now on ESPN, on the SEC Network. So now I have to see him doing football stuff, which is annoying. But then... They have a commercial for Velveeta, Velveeta is that shells who mac that and cheese. Is? Yeah, and it's like Jordan Rogers wearing they were like terrible actors. Oh no! It's well, they are. They are well, that. Yes, but it's also Jordan Rogers saying, mm, "Can't wait to have my bowl of Velveeta shells mac and cheese." It's like, who talks like that, you <laughs> asshole? No one. That is not how words work. Yeah, I love the commercials that. People have to say the stupidest shit because mm-hmm. it's like part of the commercial. It's like, oh, yeah, that is a great way to get the balanced breakfast. And you're like, no one has literally ever said that phrase. That's what my mother said to me every day before school. She would wake up and say, make sure you get a balanced breakfast. And then we would leave the house and my dad would drive us to Burger King and we would get uh, Burger King. <laughs> a balanced breakfast. A balanced breakfast of um, French toast sticks, which one, is all I the used food to think, groups, I think that when I grew up, I was going to get the bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. The apple, the banana, yep. the whole glass of orange juice, the coffee, the whole glass of milk, the whole glass of milk. A lot of fluids in a balance. Yeah, there was huh? man. You probably just have to pee all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's probably what it is. You eat the balanced breakfast, and then you're too busy pissing all day to actually eat lunch. Can you that's probably imagine the goal. how bad orange juice and milk would taste together? Though I don't have to imagine it. I know I've done it before, but but why? I don't know, just by accident, because I'm an idiot. You know how you do the um, like the uh, the Coke machine, like suicide thing, where you just get like every single flavor from the soda fountain. <laughs> yes. But then, like, you're an idiot and you're six, and you just have milk and orange juice together because you think it'd be good, and then it. Oh no! Oops! It's bad. It's real bad. Wait, there was milk in your. No, I'm just saying it's the uh, same principle. Oh, you were where... creating your own suicide. Yeah, I didn't pour them together because I, I wasn't that stupid, but like. Yeah, maybe I'll just pour a glass. Oh, maybe I'll get some. Oh, no. No, it's bad. I poured two glasses, and they're both bad now. I used to love Five Alive, which is kind of like orange juice. I don't know if you oh, ever yeah. heard of this. Oh, yeah. I remember Five Alive. Five for Alive. For sure. It was like the shittier... Uh, Sunny D? Sunny D, yeah. Yeah, so it was something that I thought that normal people drank. Nope. Um, and, and it turns out it's just poor people. It's just Tampa Bay folk. Yeah, um... Also, the same reason we used to always get RC Cola. Yep. So, uh, but I drank, I once drank like an entire two liter of of Five Alive. And Michael, why? I'll tell you what, it burned. It burned when I peed. 
I would I was I gonna say burn the whole time it was in your body, I assume. <laughs> well, probably that too. I mean I was like Thank 10, God for the sweet release so. of piss. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible, but you know, I learned. I learned very young. Oh great. Well, thank God. I, I I'm glad you're alive. Who again, the nineties we are so riddled with disease already from like nineties products that I honestly don't really care about any any other disease causing stuff. Like I already have multiple, multiple layers of like cancer foundation in me because of nineties products. Yeah, basically every nineties like B level and lower celebrity is responsible for giving us all cancer. Like Sinbad, you've killed me. You're like Omar Gooding, good who knows what damage you've done to me. You've you've fucking ruined me. I'm a wild and crazy kid. My cells are going wild and crazy, just splitting apart and mutating left and right. <laughs> Thanks, Omar. We we all thought it was gonna be the slime at uh you know, Nickelodeon Studios that was going to be bad, but no, for it's know, literally that's what, everything that's, else. For all I know, that's what like my neural fluid looks like at this point. I'm just, I've just become Gak. Well, Michael, <laughs> what do you got going on for me this week, buddy? I am become Gak, <laughs> destroyer of Michaels. <laughs> uh, well, we didn't get to this story last week, but probably it, for good reason, huh? No, no, we we wanted to, it just didn't fit in. Okay. Um. I know that you're a reader. Oh, yeah. You like to read. Love even it. Even when you're driving sometimes. I've gotten over that. I used to do it on the highway, but yeah, no problem. <laughs> I've grown up now. What's the most amount of books you've ever read in in a year? Uh, I think my record was 117. 117 in a year? That's one every three days. Yeah. Sweet I haven't done that Jesus. in a long time. I also, I know I have a friend who, uh, I think last year she hit... 394 if i remember correctly that's too many books yes for yeah by any stretch of the imagination unless unless they're like all children's books they weren't she just 17 words speed reading monster machine 390 how do you read more than a book a day very carefully i assume i i don't know i think she's a speed reader anyways uh what would you do if every time you were um let's say like 60 percent of the way through the book your your good 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 pal, let's say me, just was like, "Hey, you know how that book ends," and I just told you the ending of every book you were reading. <laughs> I would. Oh, oh boy, howdy! Um, every book, ever, just every time. I mean, I'm at like a hit rate of like probably forty percent of books I actually like at this point. But oh, but I would punch you right in the nards. Oh, your nards would be so dead. <laughs> well, that's what happened. Wait, um, someone did this? Okay, oh, yeah. hold on. Okay, go go ahead. Sorry. Well, what makes it even worse is that these two people, these two men, Sergei Savitsky and Oleg Beluguzov. Okay. Both scientists in, in their 50s. Sure. They've been at Russia's remote Bellingshausen, uh, which is on King George Island in Antarctica. Okay. They've been living there for four years. By themselves. Two guys by themselves. I'm sure that people were coming and going. You know, a lot of people do the Antarctica, like, only during the, the summer months kind of thing. But these two ding-dongs have been these, living by themselves. They've on, been okay. there together, yeah. And then, and they basically read, because you, it's not like you get cell service or internet. Right. And they were were they sharing a library? <laughs> yes. Okay. Did they so, not have fucking Kindles? <laughs> this is so Bill important. Bill made a habit of tormenting some... Savitsky, okay, uh, 
<laughs> by revealing the endings of books as he was reading them before he got to them. What a diabolical shit monster. Like, how much do you have to hate someone? You're working in close proximity with, with the same person for four years in Antarctica. You have to hate them a lot, right? To do something that bad. Or you just have to be so fucking bored. <laughs> oh, man, I have so many. Do you so think many... he actually reads the books before him? Or do you think he was like just skipping to the end and being like, he and was reading the last, like, six 100% chapters. skipping to the end. He would find out what book this dude was reading and then like read the last third of it and be like, oh, guess what? Darth Vader was Luke's dad. <laughs> so, you know, you oh said that you would God. probably kick me in the nuts. Well, uh, I Savitsky, said punch you in the nards, my oh, friend. Sorry, punch me in the nards. Savitsky went one step further and he grabbed um, a knife and he stabbed him right in the chest. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you get what's getting to you. I assume he died. I assume the man. No, no, they were able to. Um, they were able to fly him to a hospital in Chile fast enough for them to save his life. And he's actually going to make a full recovery. Honestly, that's too bad. Yeah. I, I no, s- I think it's the best possible outcome because, like, I don't want this guy to go away from murder because, that's like... That's true. He's, he's the wronged party. Yeah, he, he was the one who was being wronged all this time. It's, like, it's so rare that the person who stabs someone else in the chest is the victim <laughs> in, the, in the grand scheme of things. And honestly... Uh, you know what? Also, I'm glad this dude didn't die because he deserves to be stabbed in the chest and then punched in the nards again. Yeah, I mean, he has to deal with knowing exactly why he has this scar in his chest. You are the biggest asshole literally on, an, on a continent. I also Not how a lot of people can say that, but this guy probably can say Empirically that. the biggest asshole on the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, on a continent is getting ever smaller. <laughs> um, I have a couple thoughts. I have so many thoughts. One. I feel like there's a reason you get rotated off the International Space Station. One of those is probably gravity and radiation. Probably. The other one the is definitely one, attempted murder. The second one is probably space madness in mm-hmm. which you kill everyone because you only see the same five people all day, every day for eight months. These, these dum-dums did it for four years? Absolutely not. Well, yeah, and apparently, um, I mean, they're Russian, obviously, so vodka was heavily involved in this stabbing was it yeah okay i mean it makes sense but also okay for again i I can't now that's introducing can you imagine the stock of vodka you would have to provide to even two russians for four years to sit in the same fucking place and do science (laughs) (laughs) so the staff apparently have access to two russian tv channels a gym a small library but there is no shortage of vodka, which is shipped in regularly from Russia. Okay, that's the most Russian ass shit I've ever. So, two TV channels, two TV unlimited, channels. unlimited supply of vodka. <laughs> All the vodka you can drink, so you can forget the fact that you already saw the stuff on the channel last year. Can they? They can't get fucking Netflix, but they can get nonstop supply drops. Okay, anyway. This also, I feel like there's this classic trope in all. I feel possibly especially Russian literature of just like unlikely old man friendships <laughs> and like they hate each other. Have you ever seen the movie uh, My Fellow Americans, Michael, with Jack Lemon and Walter Matt, not Walter Matt, James Garner, where they they both play presidents of different parties who like have a bitter rivalry and like oh, no, see each other. And then they wind up on like a buddy cop president film where they're like escaping a murders. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. It's great. <laughs> But 
it's just old men who hate each other and are funny. And like, I feel like that's a com- like a fair common enough trope. And one of them just didn't get the message that I'm just supposed to like goof on you lightly enough that we can just be like, I can gripe at you as an old man. But at a certain point, I'm gonna kill you if you get if you fuck up hard enough. If you keep pushing my buttons, <laughs> I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago with the guy in uh, Alabama who went into his house and got a gun because his buddy just crossed the line after sixty his, years of friendship. His buddy just kept saying that it was fucking Smash Mouth, and he was very clear that it was not. Or sorry, Bruno Mars. <laughs> right, um, Michael. What would I have to spoil for you to stab me in the chest? Yeah, so like I'm I don't read that often. Um <laughs> definitely not a hundred books in a year. I've maybe read a hundred books in my life. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dummy. <laughs> I should say that I've I've only written I've probably only written I've only read um as you can tell, I've only read a few books. <laughs> um, let that one go. <laughs> I've only read I say I don't read that. I never read that often for fun. Okay, so I had to read a lot of books in high school, and and I just they all sucked. I, I take get that, that back. Like two thirds of them sucked. I mean, that's that's where I never read a book that I was assigned to read because mm. I would have ruined my fun reading other books that I liked. <laughs> but Michael, so I recommended the Expanse trilogy to you. Oh God, yeah, you would have to. If what if I recommended that to you? And that was like one of the first books you've read in so long. You really liked them. And you were like halfway through book three. And then I was like, whoopsie daisy. Here's the end of it. I, see, I, I don't think. Ugh, I don't think that would really bother me that much. Do spoilers bother you? Because I, I used to. My ex-girlfriend, Kim, would like for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. She would read the Wikipedia. Like she would check out like middle of an episode. She'd be like, oh, what's Rob Stark going to do? Oh, He's not around much longer. Got it. <laughs> I, I would say like, um, yeah, like those types of spoilers for stuff like that. But if it's just like, oh, this particular thing happens in the next episode. But if there's like a huge twist, like if you just ruined Memento for me, like that would be kind of a dick move because that's the whole point of the movie. Like where the whole point right. of the movie is the, the, twist the twist and the mystery, then yeah, I'd be pissed. But if it's just like, oh, this happened on fucking Westworld this week and I missed it, like... I mean, yeah. So if in the first five minutes of uh, Sixth Sense, I was like, oh, Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> Actually, that might save me a lot of time because then I wouldn't have to go back and watch it again to figure out all of the things that I missed. I mean, I just start watching it from the beginning. There's a certain point at which a spoiler is a favor. Like if I walked in and I saw you were watching Signs for the first time and I was like, oh, don't worry. The, <laughs> the aliens are allergic to water. You were like, oh, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> right. It's like. Sometimes I'll DVR sports and I don't want to know, like I want to watch it because I want it to be like I'm watching it live. But if my team just absolutely got ran off the field, like, please spoil that for me. Hey, don't, guys, don't waste three hours of my life. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I I didn't watch this weekend's Gator game. It was my first game I missed in a long time because I was out on a hike and I didn't have cell service. And as soon as I got service back, I got the 85 messages in our group thread and rather than reading all of it and having to deal with all the heartbreak of that game, I just got the one message at the end. It was just like, oh, man, I can't believe we scored 21 points in the last quarter and won. I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. We did it. I didn't miss anything. I actually really enjoy missing all of the, the tweets or the um, 
the text messages from like a big event, especially a big sporting event. Mm-hmm. And then not going back and watching that event, just reading all of the tweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, it, I, I got I got a better roller coaster experience from my our text thread. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, great. Everything worked out great. And I didn't have to deal with the emotional torment. And I didn't drink myself stupid out of anger at the Gators. So, mm. yeah, you probably would have. I'm sure I would have. But yeah. OK. So what about you? Since you do like to read, how many books, how many books would I have to ruin for you over a four year period before you stabbed me in the chest? Like, like single digits. It would be a lot, I think. I, I think because I, Michael won. I'm not a violent man. Also, I love your sweet face. Um, yeah, but you're with me for four years straight. And literally, you come down to sit at lunch and I'm like, oh, you're reading uh Dostoevsky, I'm going to tell you what happened at the end of this this book. I don't know. There's a horse. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm more curious, one, what this guy did to deserve that level. Like, he must have done something dickish. Unless it's just a jer- like a Russian dude who's just like, oh, I'm going to fuck with this guy. Also, what did he do to, like, try to get back? Because you know when you're like, someone's fucking with you and then you try to get retribution and you just can't because, like, they don't give a shit. That's yeah. tough too. Yeah. The only thing that's going to hurt you, like you've hurt me, is, is a knife, a knife for your chest. Yeah. Um Yeah. I honestly I don't think it would take four years to for me to do something about it. <laughs> Again, I, I think it would be a fist to the nards. <laughs> See, that's what I don't get is like there had to be something else. You you don't go from just like stewing and stewing and stewing to just stabbing in the chest. Like there has to be something like an outbreak, throwing a book at him, like I don't know, spitting in his food, something. I mean, I don't know. They're they're a famously stoic people that break bad. <laughs> so I mean, maybe just <laughs> he just couldn't take it anymore. He just he tried to keep a stiff upper lip, and then whoops, there's a knife in my hand, and oh, it's in your chest now. <laughs> he um he's the first. It is the first known attempted murder in Antarctica ever, according to this website, which I don't believe. Didn't Sir Edmunds Hillary's guys like eat each other a little bit? No, that was that's not Sir Edmund Hillary. God, it was Amundsen. Shackleford. Shackleford. That's well, who I was Amundsen is the the guy who didn't have the he didn't have the sled dogs and stuff. They just kind of walked right miles and miles, and none of them made it back. So I assume that they probably killed each other. Yeah. Hold on. I Shackleton. Not, God, I just really beefed it on. <laughs> <laughs> when Sir Edmund Hillary got to the top of <laughs> when Mount Sir Edmund Hillary uh, skateboarded down <laughs> at Mount Everest and flew all the way to Antarctica. Also, I saw Alien versus Predator. Oh yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of people attempted to be murdered there in Antarctica. Wasn't that in Antarctica? Yeah, yes, See? definitely. Which is the only reason whoever won, we didn't lose because they both they all died down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm pretty sure there is definitely cannibalism on Ernest Shackleton's trek through Antarctica. Probably. Again, I cannot. Please, can you edit it by Sir Evan Hillary out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, Michael, just to, to swing the pendulum to a, a different remote uh, Arctic location this time, um, how familiar with you, are you with Newfoundland? Their dogs? Um, named after this area and it's like near Nova Scotia probably which is like near Maine and stuff 
Probably. Well, um, Michael, That's I it. want to. That's all I got. I want to introduce you to just a a charming Newfoundland welcome ceremony, which feels like a joke, <laughs> generally speaking. Um, but uh, there's an article from the BBC about a uh, an American girl who traveled there and suddenly became post dinner entertainment as her welcome ceremony to Newfoundland to become a honorary Newfoundlander. Is this something that everyone does in Newfoundland? It seems like the kind of thing that has become something that everyone does. Like, I feel like you can go to a bar and pay someone $10 to get this ceremony done to you. Um, But it's called the Screech-In. And apparently... Oh, oh, I get it. It's where you watch um, all of the best episodes of Saved by the Bell with Screech in them. No, it's just... Dustin Diamond walks into any bar in Newfoundland and just yells in your face as hard as he can. (laughs) Newfoundland and Labrador. Yes. Huh. But apparently, here's how it works, Michael. Um, So this is obviously a recently invented uh, tradition. Uh, Dates back to about the 60s or 70s. Um, Apparently, it's very popular, enduring, yet somehow contentious. Don't really know how that, because I haven't gotten that far. But apparently... Um, mainland guests to the island. Uh, this the, it was first done by a man named uh, sorry, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary Merle Vokey. Merle <laughs> Merle Merle spelled M Y R L E. Um, this man Merle, a former school teacher, takes mainland visitors, teaches them a few Newfoundland words like scuff, which is the only example they gave me. And then he persuades them to kneel and perform four tasks. They have to eat a piece of bologna. They have just regular bologna or is this like some kind of weird Canadian bologna? Just a piece of bologna. All right. Uh, Yeah. Does not seem special whatsoever. But as someone who got it, I honestly don't know if I could eat a piece of bologna. Have you never had a fried bologna sandwich? I've had a fried bologna sandwich recently at a steakhouse in Atlanta <laughs> at like their late night menu. It was their late night menu, so that's all I'm going to say. And it was fucking great. I, Have fucking, I, talk- I fucking love Atlanta so much. Oh, it's dope, It's man. such a ridiculous city. It is the most ridiculous major city in the world. I uh, can't argue that. Can I tell you? Have I told you about Mike, young Michael Cushing's adventures with bologna? Maybe. I don't think I, so. I used to eat a Oscar Mayer bologna and American cheese sandwich every day for lunch from like the age of three and a half to about five. Yeah. I think I was in kindergarten and it was my favorite, favorite lunch. And I still remember one day I was sitting at my little desk in Miss Muncie's class. We we're eating lunch and I took one bite of my bologna sandwich and I realized, oh, this tastes like dog shit. <laughs> and I threw it down. And I didn't, I have not eaten bologna till that day until I had the fried bologna sandwich at Marcel in Atlanta. So wait, you ate, you were eating bologna and cheese every day for, for a year, for like a year and a half. Probably like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. And then just one day you were just like, I took one bite. I was like, oh, oops. Nope. Oh, wait, this sucks. This, oh, I'm sorry. This is dog shit. Goodbye. What's really weird is that I didn't like bologna and cheese sandwiches. I only liked it if you took the bologna and you put a piece of American cheese on it and then you rolled it up. I mean, I get that. Sure. American cheese fixes a lot of ills. <laughs> like, it's sorry, not good. Pa- American pasteurized cheese product. Yeah, cheese singles. Like, it's not good, but goddamn, does it taste good? Once again, bologna is something that I thought was pretty 
pretty high class when I was a kid. <laughs> so I did too, mostly because my dad, that's all he fucking eats. His bologna and then like liverwurst. My dad is like the only man on the planet who just gets a tube of liverwurst and just eats it. Oh, because he's the one. He's the one guy he's keeping one. liverwurst in the business. Uh, liverwurst think it's my dad mike michael michael cushing michael cushing uh, um so can i ask a question about newfoundland real quick you say yeah, it sure. teaches them some newfoundland words do newfoundlanders speak a different language no i think it's more like uh welsh is not quite english you know mm. it's just it's just like a, a form of gibberish <laughs> that like <laughs> other newfoundlanders would get but by and large, it's not actual words. <laughs> like, have you seen Hot Fuzz when they go to the farm and, like, the old man is just like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's that, it's like, I think. It's like Snatch with yeah. uh, with Brad Pitt's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's essentially it. Okay. Um, so anyway, they had to eat a piece of bologna, repeat a tongue-twisting Newfoundland saying, which this article very unhelpfully does not what? include. Come on. Uh, consuming a one-ounce drink of screech rum... And then they have to kiss a cod. And then they get a... Just anyone's uh, cod or a specific person's cod? A cod fish. Mm. Someone's, someone's fit pet fish. Mm. Um, and then they get a, a certificate, I assume printed out from MS-DOS, uh, attesting that they were now members of the Royal Order of Screechers. It takes a while to actually print the certificate on the dot matrix printer. <laughs> and you can decide, though, whether you, whether you tear the outsides off or not. You know, yeah, it's you up can to keep you. them if you want. Okay, so baloney, 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 a tongue twister. Uh huh. Um, you take shots of rum. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Newfoundland rum was a thing, but sure. Um, so apparently, Voki characterized the baloney as quote Newfoundland steak. <laughs> Which is a, a, the author suspects a humorous way of acknowledging that bologna is a low quality and inexpensive meat product. I'm never going to refer to bologna as anything other than Newfoundland steak. The Newfoundland steak. steak from now on forever. I used to eat yeah. Newfoundland steak when I was a kid all the time. All the time. <laughs> so has everyone who lives in Newfoundland done this? All 737 people live in Newfoundland? Okay, Michael, I did just find the tongue-twisting twist, tongue Newfoundlander phrase along with a different variation of this ceremony. Uh, I'm going to try... I'm going to... I don't know what a Newfoundland accent is, so I'm not even going to try. So I'm just going to say what this quote is. No, wait. Wait. I'm going to look for a Newf- Newfoundland accent. Oh, oh boy. Um, well, apparently part of this at a bar called the Jig House is that they have to kiss the bum of a toy stuffed puffin, then drink the rum, and then they get a certificate. But oh, they man. also had to, they also had to eat the bologna and then try to repeat the phrase, "Dead eye is me old cock, and long may your big jib draw." I'm gonna need you to run that one by me one one more again. Dead eye is me old cock, and long may your big jib draw. Dead eye is me old cock. There's jib That's, draw. That's uh, D apostrophe E D I as in I. Is me, old cock, and long may your big jib draw. I th- I'm gonna try. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Um, please please send me this real quick. Yep. So apparently, long may your big jib draw is may your may you have good fortune for a long time. I have to assume that's a jib sale. 
and that you want your 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 jib to have a big draw. So it just D-Die is me. <laughs> D-Die is me old cock and long may your big jib draw. Um hmm. And then you're supposed to drink a, a shot of rum. Sure. D-Die is me old cock and long may your big jib draw. Mm-hmm. That is a tongue twister. In my head, Newfoundland is it's a It does sound like Scottish. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's they must be either Irish or Scottish, just because just because of that wording. I was like, ah, I've heard some Scottish in my time. <laughs> this sounds Scottish as hell. Right, now I want to find Newfoundland Twitter. Because Scottish <laughs> Twitter is such a treat. Yeah, so Newfoundland sounds like like a, a slightly fancier Scottish. Like they've they've been around French people for a little too long that they they they're putting on airs with their Scottish accent. That's what Newfoundland sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Michael, real quick, I, this is way off topic. I don't really know where to go from here, but I read a a headline a minute ago that really just broke my damn brain a little bit. <laughs> okay. And I know you like physics, so I want to bring it up. Uh, this is from Ars Technica, and. The the lead in is dark matter wears a bow tie. And then the headline is making light twist into a bow tie may reveal dark matter. And <laughs> the subheadline says corkscrewing light may be slowed by axions. Quote, simple experiment may reveal them. And I think we've talked about this. The steps to tie a a meat space like human bow tie. Mm hmm. The seventh step is find the secret hole, which I have to this point found impossible by myself. <laughs> I've needed, I think, you to tie my bow tie every single time. Yeah, um, well, at 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 our friend's wedding, uh, I tied like four of the groomsmen, including yeah. the groom's bow and ties. So thank God you were there. But I, str- my my very small dumb brain is struggling so hard to understand how. Light you gets can, put into a bow tie? How you can tie light in a bow tie? Because I can't tie a fucking bow tie in a bow tie. <laughs> with my fucking human hands. Yeah, um, I can't help you with the, the bow tie part. I didn't think you could. I really just wanted to hurt my brain a little bit by talking about it out loud and make myself sound even dumber than I know I am. I mean, you do know what dark matter is, right? I'll just eat my whole butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. so dark... Dark matter is basically so like they they did all these calculations based on on stuff that we know is true and to figure out like where all of the matter in the universe is. And basically there's all of this stuff that should be there that isn't there in normal form that we are aware of. And so there is dark matter slash dark energy that exists and we're just not really sure how to uh, find it. So we do a thing with light by tying in a bow tie. Okay, fuck that. How? (laughs) Honestly, Michael, I know about dark matter. At this point, I just assume that exists. I don't really care about finding it. At this point, all I can, the only physical mystery I want to know about is how do you tie a photon in a bow tie? That's, to me, that's the, and they call it a simple experiment. How do they, how? What, how? No, absolutely not. Michael, I want you to spoil this for me. This is the one spoiler I want. Okay, hold on one second. Let me read this real quick. Also, the the third subheadline in the article is donate your penguin suit to the cause. How is this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Light will go into a series of mirrors that will force it to travel in a bow tie pattern. You mean a figure eight, you dicks? <laughs> okay. Break it down. What you <clears throat> got for me? 
Break it that big brain, buddy. <laughs> okay, so basically you have these things called axions, which they're not they're they're just they basically are particles that are like um the the smallest elements of of theoretical particle physics. Sure, I couldn't care less. They don't know what they are necessarily, but they're any they're anything like the Higgs boson is so there's bosons and there's axions and there's there's a lot of different types of ones. Yeah, all right, let's go. Basically light light has a lot of energy in it. It can be it has these photons, right? And mm-hmm. so when it actually does things like it changes direction or goes through particle fields or electrical fields or magnetic fields, it will either emit certain particles or other particles will be able to be like kind of absorbed into mm-hmm. the light. And so they've basically figured out that it does something different when it rotates clockwise and when it rotates counterclockwise so they're going to send it into a mirror it's going to bounce back and forth in a bow tie and come out the other side then they redirect it back into the bow tie but spinning the other direction so all you're saying is they just had to go flush a toilet in australia (laughs) basically they look at the they look at the interference between the light coming the one way and light coming the other way and if there are axions in there it will change the way that the light and then then they'll see a phase difference they had to shine a laser beam into a toilet in Australia. Exactly. They, they shine a laser beam. It went down the hole. It comes back up the hole the other way. And then dark matter boils out of Australia <laughs> and kills everything, which is what Australia is destined to do. Got it. Okay, cool. Nailed yep. it. Checks out. Well, Michael, what else you got going on for everybody? Any cool stories? Okay. Well, Michael, speaking of a real physics problem for dum-dums like me. Mm. Well, well, actually, Out of no. the theoretical realm, huh? And into the yeah. applied physics. Applied physics. Um, and not necessarily, because I, I don't get it. I, I can never understand this, but this is this is in the realm of things that I can deal with tangibly and most importantly, uh, palatably. Okay. I can get my, I get my hands on this one. I get my mouth on this one. You can't, which, get, your, you can't get your mouth on, on some axions. No. And Michael, you know me, I do learn almost exclusively through mouthfeel. So <laughs> some people are book learners. Some people are, you know, visual learners, auditory learners. You are a taste learner. More of a nibbler, really. Um, Michael, here's a headline from Live Science. Italian physicists wrote, quote, a perfect pizza equation because not all heroes wear capes. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. Italian physicists. You know, I actually like it when physicists and, and like, science experiments focus on real everyday things mm-hmm. that, like, I can actually use. Yeah. Like a... Like uh, Dippin' Dots, for example. Sure. The, you the know? ice cream of the future. Uh, uh, home colonoscopies. <laughs> home colonoscopies. How to uh, levitate a frog in your pizza backyard. Pizza equations. Yeah. Um, um, well, apparently, so they flew to Rome... And they wanted to solve a long thermodynamic equation to simulate the glorious Italian pizza oven in your own pathetic electric oven at home. <laughs> Which, so again, this is the kind of science I can get behind. They're, they're doing very good work for me at home to cook. Well, I could only go to Italy before because apparently... I mean, you don't have to go to Italy. You could just go one of those Italian pizza places that has a... You just need the brick oven. You just need the brick oven. You need the brick oven. Well, I don't have one at home yet. Just, I don't have the brick oven. I don't. Well, I have a standard electric oven, but it is bad. Um, Part of me is like, yeah, I really love that they're trying to use science to bring that classic margarita flavor 
to me at home in Atlanta, but also there's something uniquely Italian about like, no, now this is mathematically the best pizza. Like they already have their fucking like pizza governing bodies, like pizza Congress in, uh, in Italy. But now they're trying to scientifically be like, no, this is now that's what I call pizza volume science. Have, have, having been to Italy and experienced their, um, infrastructure and public transit, I would say that they should probably focus more on that than creating the perfect pizza. Right. But then again, I'm only a quarter Italian. So, yeah, I don't know. You don't get a fucking vote. <laughs> um, so I will say, have you watched the Netflix series Ugly Delicious? No. OK, so I did watch the Netflix uh, special, the salt, fat, uh, acid and heat. Yeah, one. I've heard good things. That thing is cool as hell. I highly recommend it. Tilt, tilt, uh, uh, tilt recommendation, recommendation right here. Definitely go watch all four of those. Well, ugly delicious is, uh, the chef, uh, David Chang. He kind of just goes around to like different, like spots around the world and like tries the traditional form of any, any cuisine and then goes and talks to like other people who are like trying to be innovative and like experimental with things. So he goes to, he goes to oh, shit, Milan, probably, I don't know, somewhere in Italy to get like the authentic, uh, what is it, Napoli? So it's probably that would Napoli. probably be Southern yeah. Italy, which would be Naples. Yeah, so he goes. Yeah, Napoli. he goes to Naples to get the yeah. Um, but it's a Napolitano pizza. It gets a little tired because the first episode, you're like, okay, yeah, I kind of get what he's doing. He's like, yeah, you should be like, food should be free to kind of change and be innovative. But like it at a certain point, it's just David Chang going into like traditional restaurants and be like, why the fuck are you cooking like this? Why aren't you trying new things? You guys suck. <laughs> food should be free it's, it's just like it's just this like fat korean dude yelling at like a mexican chef who's like i don't know it's just like how it's cooked <laughs> it's a little tired but i do he has a point to a certain point i'm just like yeah i don't want italian assholes telling me what pizza should be because sometimes i just want dominoes and now if i have to deal with physicists telling me like no this is pizza scientifically this is pizza well scientifically that's italian pizza Right. But Sci- scientifically, the, the robot at Costco has already perfected pizza. And exactly. you don't get to tell me differently. Exactly. Um, I do like this, though, because they were like, OK, you have to have a brick brick oven to get this Napolitano style pizza. Right. right. You know, not everyone can can come out to Napoli and and eat our pizza. We need to figure out a way that they can do this in, in, in their shitty ovens. And they did. They figured it out, man. 450 degrees for 170 seconds you make your really good pizza according to them that does not seem like long enough no it doesn't right (laughs) but that's the best part about the napolitano style pizza is that you put it in the brick oven for like a couple minutes and it's done yeah because it's like 625 degrees in there Mm. and completely like because of the brick it's like super evenly heated it's very nice it's great I don't, man, they went into some real, like, I feel like I'm back in college thermodynamics and heat transfer. Right. Like, this is some real math shit right here. Yeah, so, I feel like that's the, Michael, we've talked a little bit about science, and, like, on the surface, this is like, okay, why are scientists, why are physicists spending time 
It's like, okay, first of all, we have we have ding-dongs trying to tie light into bow ties. And then over here, we have a, pr- a group of proud entrepreneurs trying to figure out how to cook the, the perfect pizza with math. And then you, you take 18 steps down the road, and there are some, like, frat boys named Chad throwing MDMA into a, a tank full of octopuses. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing science. <laughs> And That's like, what's beautiful is... about science, though. You could literally do anything and call it science as long as you have some data and some equations and some hypotheses. You could do anything. Anything. This podcast could be science if we actually like attach numbers and shit to it. No, sir. It could be no. science. Uh, here's a couple of numbers. We're losing listeners left and right. <laughs> <laughs> science. Um, I just like, but like, this is like, like to your point, like real math shit. Like mm-hmm. figuring out how to make a how to recreate a brick oven in your shitty oven at home that takes some actual work. Other than, like you're not just dumping acid into a tank and you're like, oh, the octopus got fucked up. Science. Sometimes I would like I I obviously I'm an engineer. I like science, but like there are some people out there who literally go home from work and they do like more engineering stuff. Like they put things together. Did you see the thing about the guy who wired his Alexa to his Billy Big Mouth Bass? <laughs> I mean, like, it literally answers him. It He wired it up, and now it's, it's it's Alexa coming out of Billy the Big Mouth Bass, which, personally, I think is way better. Did he... Can you, I don't know enough about... I, have, I don't own an Amazon Echo. Can you change it to respond to Billy instead of Alexa? Ooh, I don't think that's one of the options. I don't think you can pick anything. It has that's to be. It's like they have like a couple options, but the weird thing it does do is that when you say Alexa, Billy's head picks up and looks at you. Oh, that's no. like the first thing it does. That's oh, we deserve every level of the <laughs> robot revolution coming to us. <laughs> this is the first sign. Like, I mean, like. Yeah, we created big dogs that can't fall over when you kick them, and then just, like, dudes who can run at, like, 15 miles an hour. That is what's going to kill us. Billy the Big Mouth asked me, like, uh-huh. You, you want me to play what on, on Spotify? Fuck you. I'm busy. I'm being a, I'm, you killed me. I'm a, I'm a dead bass. But like, this is, this is what people do with their free time. So it doesn't, it doesn't really surprise me that there's, like, Italian physicists out there when their free time are, like, Hey, how can we cook this in our stupid oven? I mean, that, if anything, is what worries me so much that we as a, as a species are doomed. Because it's just people fucking with powers that they may or may not understand in their free time because they're bored. That's a good point. It's just like, like even Michael, we talked about The Expanse earlier, like in the show and in the book, the guy just like invented this like basically like hyperspeed drive by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. And kill themselves. Yeah. It was like, that's what's going to happen. To I mean, that's somehow. true, though. Like, uh, most, I wouldn't say most, but like a lot of early discoveries, especially, like, people made them by accident. They just did some shit they weren't supposed to and were like, oh, when I combine these things together, it explodes. But mm-hmm. that could be good. Mm-hmm. If I control it, this, then that's great. Except we're at a certain point now that, like, if you combine two things and it explodes, <laughs> Yeah, you you killed yourself, and hopefully you left some notes behind for some like more cautious soul to come by. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna slow that one down and just like point it at something, so now I can kill people far away rather than my house. But like, we've done so much that like the destructive properties are like, oops, I created a black hole and I ate the whole Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that's created a black hole in my bedroom because I'm nine years old. That's actually one of the scariest things to me is the fact that we're not supposedly like black holes just kind of like 
can appear for like instantaneous. What? How dare you? Don't no. I'm like, I'm going to have nightmares about that. You can't just say that. I assume it's when you tie it. I assume a black hole appears when someone tries to find the secret hole in the, in the photon bow tie. Yeah. And then that it just is the black hole. Fuck. But like finding what's at the center of the black hole literally is like the Holy grail for, for quantum physicists right now, because that would answer all of the questions about all the equations that they're not sure yet. And so like, if they're trying to create black holes or figure out how they're created so they can hopefully see inside of one. I've somehow. I've seen it. I've seen Interstellar. The center of a black hole is love, and it has been the whole time. I've seen Event Horizon. Yeah. Well, that's a different one. That one's got. It's not love at the center of that black hole. That black hole is is malice and Sam Neil with mm. like nails coming out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. That black hole is a bad one. I feel like actually, I mean, every every force has an equal and opposite reaction. So some black holes, the center is full of love. <laughs> some are full of Sam Neil with nails coming out of his eyes. And just pure malice. <laughs> and it's really just a coin toss, which you're going to get. But that's the nature of physics, huh? You don't know until you look. That's true. It's both <laughs> before you get into the black hole. And then you look and oops, it's Sam Neill oops. shooting na- nails Sorry. out of his eyes. Ooh, rough stuff. You've been stabbed in the chest. He more wore people as hats in that one, I think. I forget of Enterhizen, but he wasn't, he wasn't very kind to his... You know, whenever I watch those movies where like people get cabin fever basically and go crazy because of spoiler alerts hmm? yeah because of spoilers because of spoiler yeah. alerts um or just any re- like i don't think that i would go crazy. i'm trying to figure out how like how long i'd have to be cooped up by myself before i would go insane oh man nine hours tops <laughs> lit- like really uh i i mean i don't know how long it'd be till i went crazy do i have internet no Okay, I don't. Um, I mean, last you're like year, in a space, you're in a you're in a space shuttle all by yourself, or like with two other people, and you're going on a really long ass journey. It's like months, and it takes it takes you know hours okay. for communications to get back to Earth. But you have shit to do on that. Like, if you have a job to do, I could I would be fine with it. But like, I'll be honest. When it snowed last year in Atlanta, and like I just like. I didn't watch Netflix. I just like got outside and walked to Kroger four times in a day. Then I almost fell on the ice four times. <laughs> I just, I can't, I have a, I have trouble. Hey, listen, when it comes time for like the human trials, so like, Hey, do you want to go to Mars? I'll sign up. And then they'll be like, Oh no, you need to leave now. It's been two days and you're just getting real antsy in your pantsy. Did I tell you about the, the show I was watching um, where this guy, so this guy heard, basically there's studies that say that, being in solitary confinement where literally like you don't have anything to do and you can only talk to yourself that apparently like three, three days of that is enough to make you go crazy. Yeah. Like legitimately crazy. We put prisoners through that all the time. Yeah. So on this show, the guy created this room that was all white. Yeah. Oh God. It had no sound coming in or out. They, and they were filming him and he was in there. He was supposed to stay in there for three days. And by the second day, he thought that three days had already passed. Yeah. Because he lost all concept of time. But I was like, I don't I, I, I like want to do it because I want to see. I want to see if I could handle it. I can guarantee you would not be able to. Really? <laughs> yes. Absolutely not. No. I mean. I for one know that I could not. So maybe I'm just projecting on you. I will say just to rewind a little bit. I. Michael, if you want to be in a deprivation chamber, I can do... Actually, you know what? There are places that 
you can float in a you can do the sensory deprivation yes, tanks where I you just float that. in sea wa- like in salt water yep. with like in perfect silence and in blackness. Mm-hmm. I think I'd freak the fuck out within twenty seconds. I want, but do I do want to try it. I, I do want to try it. it. But just to rerun a little, rerun a little bit to what we talked about earlier. Talk about cabin fever. There's some horror movies about like what happens when you're stuck in a cabin with people and just like you get cooped up. They never, it's always like some sort of illness or some sort of like outside force. They never focus on the people around you. Like again, oh, just ruining books for you. Yeah, ruining books or just like farting on you nonstop. Like, hey, guess what? If you fart on me one more time, I'm going to break your hands. (laughs) Yeah, because it is, I mean, there is something different about like, you know, your brother farting on Mm -hmm. you constantly, but at least like you weren't with your brother 24 hours a day. I mean, close enough. And I mean, like there were multiple times where he sat on my head and farted on me multiple times. And all I wanted to do was punch him really hard in the nards. But I couldn't because I was 12 and he was 16 and I couldn't do anything about it. But yeah, I could definitely see. Like, Do you think it would be anyone? Like, could anyone make you go? Like, if it was just two people, like, how long would it be with your best friend? Person you have the most in common with. I mean, that's... You have literally I, I, nothing to do but talk to this person. I feel like, well, I mean, that that's another thing. that I feel like I'd need someone new. I would actually, I think I'd probably be better off with someone new that I could talk to about new shit. Because, <laughs> Michael, I'll be honest, sometimes we struggle to talk about shit and we've researched this for at least 20 minutes before the show. Like, what if we just did a podcast where we just, we didn't use the internet at all? And it was just us slowly just going. In. We yeah. were just stuck in a room for five days, slowly going insane. Let's do it. Right. I mean, you're going to be here. Let's just lock ourselves in a room. Yeah. We'll just podcast our descent into madness. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Staley's slowly pooping himself all over your house. <laughs> Not slowly. Nothing slow about that one. <laughs> all right, Michael, I think we're getting close to time. You got any final stories for this week, buddy? Uh, Sure. So I got another interesting hypothetical for you. What would you do if you thought you had, if you thought your your grandfather, your your ninety five year old sweet sweet grandfather had passed away, um, and you the body you would mean be- Stanley? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Imagine Stan. Your Stanley had passed away. You were my grandfather uh, Stanley. Yes, your grandfather Stanley. Um. You know, as part of your religious uh, beliefs, you prepare the body for for burial by washing it, um, performing last rites. Ooh, and Stan Lee pour some cold water on that bad boy. He just woke right up. Wait, as you were performing the last rites on him? Yep. As you're as you're bathing your naked, you're bathing your naked dead grandfather, <laughs> dead grandfather, your ninety five year old. Stanley grandfather, and he's just like, oh, hey, by the way, I was just taking a nap. Excelsior. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything more upsetting than, one, bathing the corpse of my dead grandpa. <laughs> just period. Slightly less upsetting than that would be my grandpa waking <laughs> up from me bathing his corpse. You had just, that would actually be better. You had just taken you had just taken the the water and the squeegee right over his his giblets, and he's like, "Hey there, you're gonna buy a you're gonna buy a guy a drink first. <laughs> because 
I don't know about your grandpas, but all of my grandpas were really dirty old men. So yeah, um, I could assume that would be what their response would be. It's like ah, getting a glass of getting a glass of milk with your OJ. Okay, I got it. <laughs> the worst part is that they in, they called in a doctor, like an actual doctor. Wait, after he woke up, no, and no, like, no, before is he end, alive, oh, he okay. fainted. He where, wait, Michael, where did this happen? This feels India. important. Okay, Rajasthan, India. It's okay. a, a rural town in India, but like he fainted, complained of chest pains, and then he fainted, and the family found him passed out and or dead. And they called a private doctor who inspected him and said, yeah, this dude's totes dead. A doctor. A doctor was like. A doctor. Man, there's sometimes. I have to imagine as a doctor, he's like, I'm not into this one. Yeah, this guy's fucking old as fuck. He's probably dead. I'm not even going to listen. Did he. (laughs) I need a medical explanation for this, though. Was the guy just like zen as fuck and just like his heart was beating like every like. Maybe like twice a minute. No explanation. No explanation. Damn. But one of the things that people do when um, a family member, close family member dies is apparently they shave. All the men shave their heads as part of the the last rites and the burial. So they had already shaved their heads. Oh, boy. Howdy. That's a commitment. Yeah. He, He just they were they were literally pouring cold water on him and he just he just like sat up and was like hey i was just i w- i had chest pains i decided to sleep it up so how long I'm was fine. he in nap how long was he in nap town it doesn't say but i mean it must have been like at least a day right they found him they called a doctor the doctor came then they had to contact a priest to come in and do the last rites they shaved their heads they were preparing the body like that that has to be like hours if not days yeah uh, okay, apparently there are at least three other stories this week about people waking up after being clinically dead. Um, so I, I don't know what to tell you. That's really upsetting. Um, is this happening more than we think? Does this, this happen week, on a regular basis? That's the most upsetting thing is how often does it happen and we don't notice it and they, they oh, don't wake no. up in time. But they embalm them before they put them, like bury them. So like they've had all of their fluids removed they're dead. Okay, literally within the last, there are three headlines. <laughs> one in Milwaukee, one in Mississippi of dudes waking up after being declared clinically dead. Okay, so this, wait, this happens in like real places? Mississippi, Wisconsin. Those are semi-real. Was it like in the middle of nowhere one as well? One dude woke up in a body bag at a funeral home in Mississippi. Are you fucking... What? How? And this is the state of our fucking journalism, Michael. This is the entirety of the story. Headline. Man wakes up after being pronounced dead. One sentence article. A man who has been declared dead wakes up in a body bag at a funeral home in Mississippi. And that's it? That's the whole fucking article. We got fucking zombies running around and these journalists can't ask a fucking question? That's from the Chicago Tribune. What are you fucking doing? Oh, my God. Like, oh, uh, well, I guess I'll write this one sentence story and then I guess I'll go cover Trump. Like, what the fuck? We need to have somebody specifically on this zombie shit happening. I mean, they probably got eaten. That was all they had time to file. (laughs) Boy, howdy. 
Well, I have to look into this now. Yeah, I mean, oof. guys, be oh, careful life. out there. Yeah, watch out for old dead guys. It's all <laughs> men, too. What's that? Why do men nap so hard? <laughs> why, do, why do old dudes sleep so good? Damn. I don't think I've ever slept well enough that somebody could possibly think I was dead. Sora's farts wake me up every night. Like, <laughs> she just farts and wakes me up at, like, 2.30. There's no way I can sleep through being mm. dead. <laughs> well, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us as we got trends in low places. Um, everyone, if you've liked this episode, God bless you very much. And also, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Um, there's information there. There's not blog posts, but there is some information. Um, you can also find out more about our sister show, uh, Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I are good friend Curtis. Watch every single episode of 24, and like we've been saying for the last three weeks, we are attempting <laughs> to get the finale of season two up this week. It's it's a bit of a bear because we recorded it very dumbly. Mm. Um, so trying to get that done, I'm I'm hoping to get that out by Thursday, um, and. That'll be up, and then we will get into season three, which is once again my favorite episode, favorite season of that show. And even if you've never seen 24, um, I think you'll like it. It's just us being very stupid boys and making fun of Jack Bauer and all his very good murders. Um, so even if you've never seen it, we go through it minute by minute. You you really don't need to know anything about it. Just be uh, ready to laugh and giggle and take a drink every once in a while. Um, and Michael, how else can people help us out? You can help us out by finding us on whatever podcast app you use. Um, and searching for trends in low places and hitting that subscribe button. And uh, if you would also be so kind, please give us a rating and or a review. Um, you know, that's the best way for us to grow is by people who already listen to us telling other people how cool we are. So um, please do that on the podcast apps and also do that on social media. You can find us at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at TILPcast at TILPcast. Um, Please follow us there, uh, become a fan of our page, and when you see us post about the new show, uh, you know, give us a retweet, a like, um, a comment. You know, we're always uh, look on the lookout for awesome stories, so if you have anything, please send it over, uh, goodbuddymedia at gmail.com or on Twitter or Facebook. Um, we read everything you guys send so uh please send those stories over speaking of which we did get an update from a listener about um our uh, furry councilman scott chamberlain Mm -hmm. who we were a little sympathetic about um we were sympathetic to the plight of somebody who likes furries and and happens to have a normal life outside of that right we said Um, we didn't know the truth the whole story about this man yeah, apparently so he was like uh, kind of an apologist for rape in oh. some of his shit. And then also he has a whole fan fiction story universe in which he depicts actual real people who are furries uh, or not furries in real life, but are furries having graphic sex in his books. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like some people did have a problem with him being a furry, but other people had a problem with him being like a massive ding dong. Look, I stand um, by it that you should not be excluded from from political duty just because you're a furry. That being said, yes, this guy definitely got what he deserved. Yeah, so thank you, AJ, from the Mabimbanino uh, podcaster group on Facebook for one, listening, but two, let me know about this good, good update to this horrible, no good story. Yes. 
Yeah. So, um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And Michael, it's been lovely talking with you. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Toodles. Toodles.